I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. the fangirls on jackalope radio hey everybody and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the fangirl radio show i'm your host jessica dwyer and with me tonight is my lovely and talented co-host mr eric smith hey everyone and uh this week is a great week for action movie buffs because as of this airing tonight fury road starts and, I, and I'm excited words can't do justice <laughs> I'm so happy it's getting like 10 10 ratings you know like 10.0 out of 10 and 98 I guess like 98% on Rotten Tomatoes it's ridiculous and um, I found out something interesting while talking to a friend of mine and that is and it, this movie has been we've been waiting for this movie for a while Mm-hmm. And um, apparently when it test screened like two or three years ago, I mean, this movie has been in the works forever. Um, it literally was filmed, I think, seven years ago or something. Like a, a ridiculous amount of time has passed. Mm-hmm. And when it first uh, did test screenings, it tested horribly. Like <laughs> horribly horrible. Um, people hated it. Really? And, and I had a, f- a friend, acquaintance of mine that saw it and said he absolutely apparently hated the film and they they listened to all the feedback from the audiences which was you know there's no plot there's no you know it's just craziness on screen which i don't have a problem with if it's done great but apparently there was like no um sort of of anything to it so um i guess they took to heart for once the actual good criticism and made the changes and so now you've got this movie that's blowing people away and calling it the, the, the best action film in the last 10 years. Well, I'm assuming it's because he added Dancing Penguins. That always makes things better, doesn't it? Dancing Penguins, Penguins <laughs> with <laughs> rocket launchers on the backs, you know. I that... just, I'm just shocked that the same director, uh, the, the guy that made Mad Max, made Happy Feet. Well, you know. The thing... Th- the thing that I'm I'm happy about and I've been fighting with people is that they have been trying to say that this is a remake and it's not a remake. It is a no, continuation I... of the Mad Max story. And uh, a lot of people don't don't realize that. And and what I even find cool even more cool and if this is if this is true is the fact that um, the lead bad guy from the original Mad Max is mm-hmm. actually playing the bad guy in this, the guy with the skull oh, cool. on his face. He, nice. he he came back, and he is actually the one doing it. 
And uh, I think that's awesome. Now, do we talk about the controversy that's erupted? <laughs> you mean, I, I'm just tickled. I'm it's, tickled. It is so stupid. It is so funny and so sadly scary at the same time. Uh, and what we're talking about, Eric, Eric I'm going to let you go with this one because I am a, I, I am a mature feminist woman <laughs> and I, I support my brothers here. So well, I'm going to let the male talk about this. <laughs> it's uh, one of these men's rights groups, which just on the face of that is ridiculous. Um, but one of these men's rights groups is saying that Mad Max Fury Road is feminist propaganda uh, because, uh, according to them, Charlize Theron is the main character. And, uh, and Hollywood is trying to shove feminism down our throats. And they have all these very, I can't even sell, say well-reasoned, but they're trying to sound well-reasoned arguments about how a woman could never actually be a survivor in the apocalypse and it's just so ridiculous I, I, I just, just insanity I, I i just the thing that i find funny is who was the big badass in the third mad max film which was called beyond thunderdome who was that <laughs> who was wearing the 50 pound chainmail outfit in mad max beyond Thunder? i think it was a woman wait who was it it was tina turner Tina Turner, who I think at that point was over 50 yeah. and was wailing in that movie. It's, Plus, the you have the leader of the, the kids in that flick who mm -hmm. was a teenage girl. Mm -hmm. But, you know, apparently, uh, I guess they're calling for a boycott God. of the movie. And Good it's luck just, with that. <laughs> it, it hurts my brain to imagine that this is, is real. I, I just I can't even I, fathom in it, well I can though this is the the time of GamerGate and all of that mm. crap and I, I guess seeing a strong female role in a movie like this I mean I I, I, I people seem to forget about Sigourney Weaver and Linda Hamilton in the sci-fi universe because this is like really anymore. This is like the place you can go to find a really strong female character. This is the place, the science mm -hmm. fiction and fantasy. And Charlize is shown, you know, she, she can do this. She is amazing. Mm -hmm. And I just, I'm, I'm floored that they're butthurt over <laughs> a strong woman being an equal to Max. In this, yeah. I, I just it's, don't understand. It's probably the best laugh I've had all day when I read that. <laughs> so I, just I, I so it, ridiculous. I thought it was. I thought it was a. I thought it was like a, a parody. I thought it was fake. Yeah, I thought it was fake. It's not That's, fake. Things like this are just so far beyond that. They all seem like they're supposed to be parodies, and yet so many of them aren't, which is just sad. I'm, it's just sad. I, I, I know. It's just I'm floored by how goofy I really am. Um, so, yes, it is the week of Mad Max uh, Fury Road, which I think is going to be the surprise of summer. I really do. Um, 
and it's in 3D too. You can see it in 3D. I don't think it's an IMAX at all, which is a sad, sad shame because my God, can you imagine? It just looks amazing on my TV. I know. <laughs> so then, seeing it on the big screen in 3D has got to be mind-blowing. Well, and the other thing that is cool about this movie is the fact that it's 95% practical effects. Yeah. They were that psychotic that they really did that. <laughs> they, like the flinging around on, on the, the um, long poles on the on the trucks mm -hmm. and all of that. The only things that are like CG in this are the sandstorm itself mm -hmm. and her arm. That's it. I mean, that wait. Oh, see, she wasn't willing to cut her own arm off for this role. I know she, she's a wimpy little woman, Eric. What wow. do you want from her? She's a wimpy little woman. She can't go that extra mile. <laughs> but speaking of arm losses, <laughs> segway. <laughs> So, um, yes, you're going to get spoiled if you have not seen what we're going to talk about of our TV updates because there was a ton of finales and things that happened and premieres. And um, the big one was the two-hour season finale of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And crap got real on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It went down. and it I have to awesome. say I was a little disappointed in this episode. Overall, but there were some very good things, and our little segue moment that we were sort of dancing around was one of the things I loved. Yeah, I, I was not expecting that. No. I, I went, oh, it was one of the, yeah. No, this is, something happened in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that only happens on The Walking Dead, and that is someone got an arm lopped off, and it, that person was Phil Coulson. Yeah. And this is leading to him having some kind of crazy Iron Man designed arm gun thing that is going to be awesome. So basically it's been the week or two weeks for people in Marvel getting their arms cut off. I basically, yeah, yeah, a good point. Yeah. So it, it's just been, um, it's been a fun time for Marvel, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> really, because um, I got some more Marvel news later on, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. really, I, I think out of the two two-hour finales that happened on ABC this was by far the better of the two. The other was Once Upon a Time, which we'll get to. But um, I really, I got to tell you, my favorite part of this entire season has been Kyle McLaughlin. I love Kyle McLaughlin, but I thought Mr. Hyde looked like a poor he kid's Halloween costume. He didn't look great, but... Oh, it's horrible. He looked... He he looked weird, and I I still don't know if that was really Kyle McLachlan or someone else because yeah, it was, so it was hard to tell. Um, which is props to the costume, I guess, that we couldn't figure it out. But it looked so bad. His to veins me. looked cheesy. Yeah. Um, but I loved his character. I loved well, his scenes with with Sky and how he just was so nuts. Well, Kyle McLachlan's performance the whole season has been fantastic. Oh yeah, no, he was I just, great. He's been a standout on the series. And I liked how they tied up his storyline. Yeah, that was... That was sweet. Well, I thought it was going to be... They were going to kind of pull back and show him in maybe a... Uh, he was in cryostasis or something. And that's just what they were pumping into his head. Was what I thought at first. But, of course, it turned out to be... Tahiti. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they Tahitied him. Um, but I, I really liked... I, I was worried that they were going to rush everything with the whole run-up to... I actually thought last week's was the finale, and I was like, oh, 
it's not. They're actually, <laughs> oh, there's two hours. And, and they actually utilize the time well. And I think it was it was pretty evenly paced as opposed to what Once Upon a Time felt like. Um, and I actually liked, uh, I liked everything that happened. I even, and, and it was funny, um, my friend Joe on Facebook posted this because I hadn't gotten to see it yet. He didn't spoil anything. He just said, that the finale, the final 10 minutes was the most Whedon-esque 10 minutes of any show he'd ever seen. And he was yeah, right. I could see that. He totally was right. I mean, we had the bittersweet daughter-father moment. We had mm-hmm. the mommy death. We had Colson losing a limb. <laughs> um, and then before, after you think everything that could happen has happened, Fitzsimmons. Oh, mm-hmm the the uh asking her on a date and that whole angsty thing and then all of a sudden whatever the hell that thing is and also yeah. by the way i love mac mac was great mac's like the hell we're opening that yeah no <laughs> no he, he's the most practical one he's like F that. no yeah. no no we're not doing that um simmons um gets blobbed Blobbed, exactly the word Blobbed I was and then cubed, I guess is the word. And I, we don't really know what the hell that thing is. Now, was that the same thing? Now, I got to ask because I, I can't remember. Was that the same thing that the scientists fell into in season one? The no, guy, I don't think so because that was metal. Was it, it was silver, wasn't it? I, but it did that same wasn't thing. Wasn't that a silver metal? It, yeah, maybe. Well, he fell in, and then his at the end of that episode, his face kind of came yeah, out. Yeah, and it. it was like some weird material that did that morphing thing that this thing does. So I'm kind of... But does it morph, or does it just become blobby, and then becomes that weird well, monolith-looking we, we thing again? We don't really know. Oh, we yeah. don't know what it is. So it's a mystery, and we don't know what happens to Simmons, and I, I, Simmons is kind of pissing me off anyway. But I like <laughs> I like Ward's finale moment where he's basically putting over together his own little team hydra well the other you know my favorite moment was colston losing his hand <laughs> which is so out of the blue like oh shit <laughs> my other favorite moment was uh ward and his girlfriend and the bad thing that happened there i can't uh, remember her name agent 33 agent i can't 33. remember her real name um that was awesome when she shows up and just blam 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 yeah, and no hesitation on his part, and then he realizes what he's done. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, Whedon, there is a yeah, Whedon moment. Exactly. There is there is a hardcore Whedon moment right there. The only person that ever really truly loved him for who he was, and he kills her. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, shoot, this is a Buffy moment. Oh I yeah, like yeah. Um, so Agents of Shield, that was that was some phenomenal stuff. But I'm being being a cynic. Uh, the cynic that I am, the the whole time I was watching it, I just I just kept thinking, this is Marvel making their new version of the X Men that they can use. Well, that, they're setting up the Inhumans. Which, they always, you know, we already know we're getting a movie, and, and right, he, he's setting up Sky to be the in that. I'm looking at the, I guess the negative way, the fact that they can't have the X Men in the. In the MCU, that's what the Inhumans are going to be, and this was just them. Said not that that's necessarily a bad thing. The Inhumans could be cool, but unfortunately, my brain just kept going. Yep, these are the new X X Men with air quotes. I'm doing air quotes. Can you see that? 
<laughs> it's true. It's true. But you know, I'm I'm excited about it because they're weirder and kookier. Mm-hmm. And um, we know that weird and kooky works for the Marvel Cinematic Universe because we've been shown that by Guardians. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited and and Sky has come into her own. I actually hate it. You know, everyone knows I did not like her at all at the beginning, and she's she has definitely become awesome. I did they call her Tremor? Tremors, yeah, they called her Tremors. That's there what was, I thought. There was some really good lines in this. Ep- this was some Whedon dialogue. Jed Whedon, I think, is definitely as good as his brother when it comes to writing some witty dialogue. And every so often, you you hear. Thane sneak into that. And uh, I also, mm-hmm. by the way, Twitter today, I, mm-hmm. I tweeted I tweeted back to um, uh, Clark Gregg because he was saying something about a, fr- a fan of his had a name that rhymed with, the t- with TARDIS. And he said he was going to write a love song about a TARDIS to rhyme with her name. And, <laughs> and I tweeted him a, a line of song and he liked it. And I'm like, Nice. My God, he's a Hoovian. Just when you think <laughs> Phil Coulson can't get any better, he is in fact a fanboy, and he likes Doctor Who. <laughs> but uh, I, I was, I was very happy with it. I, um, I, it, moving on to Once Upon a Time because I, mm-hmm. I, I know we, we, we have some guests this today, and I want to make sure we have the good enough time for them uh, to talk to us. But Once Upon a Time, um. The problem with this show, and it keeps happening, is that when they get to a finale, they write themselves into a corner where they have to rush through everything. And this season was no different. They gave Maleficent a daughter who um, had it. They did this whole thing where they show her connection to Emma, and they rushed through that. Which they, they, they do this thing where they stretch out storylines and then they have to rush at the end to finish it all up. And in a two-hour finale, we went to an alternate universe of the fairy tale world. And we had the reveal of um, the fact that Maleficent doesn't know who the father of her baby is because he was a dragon when they had sex. All right. And Rumpelstiltskin. That's common. Yeah, it's just, there were so many things bombarding us. And at the end of the episode, um, they rushed through it so much. I, I just can't really do justice to how fast they did it. But at the end of the episode, they leave <laughs> us with Rumpelstiltskin has been redeemed by the evil blackness that was within him from the Dark One being sucked into an alternate reality in the hat. And then it gets into Emma and Emma is now the Dark One. And that's how it ends. So Make perfect sense. Yeah. So, and really, that I don't think Eric even watches Once Upon a Time, and his reaction is exactly what mine was in a lot of it because it was so rushed. And I'm like, you had an entire. This is good stuff. This whole alternate thing with Rumpelstiltskin being a good good guy, and mm-hmm. and all of these different tweaks. Like Snow White was evil, but it, it was that was horrible to watch. The her okay snow the gal that plays snow white who i'm blanking on her name right now but is that jennifer goodwin jennifer goodwin okay how they made her evil is they gave her like a little puff of hair on her head trying to make her mini regina okay and it was just laughable and they made charming look like he had bags under his eyes because he was under her thrall because she had his heart 
that he, he could control him with. And it, mm-hmm. it was just bad. He's just not good at playing an evil character. He's not believable as an evil character. It'd be different if, if like you could really buy her as a bad guy, but no, it was just bad. Well, everybody knows when you're doing an evil twin, if it's a guy, they have to have, have a, a goatee. Yeah. And yeah. if it's a woman, you have to give them like a scar on their eye. She didn't have a scar on her. She had puff of hair because See, her hair is so short. I, it was just bad. <laughs> it was just bad. If you were going to do this, make the whole, you know, the thing with Once Upon a Time, it's it's gotten old. This whole thing with them being stuck with the Enchanted Forest and all of that. At this point, with it being, I think, four seasons now or five, and they've been renewed. They need to stretch from this into... They got that whole thing they set up with the Frankenstein storyline. Right. And they've done nothing with it. They've not gone into any other worlds other than Oz. Um. Hmm. They could go into Dracula. They could go into the back into Frankenstein. They've set themselves up, especially with this whole author thing. I love that that aspect of it. Basically, any book, mm-hmm. any book, and they don't do it. Anything that's public domain, they, those guys can get into, and they're right. they've not done it. And so it's it's just to me, it's a waste of a really cool plot twist, especially since. Gothica didn't happen on ABC. They they left right. it open where they could do that. Um, but moving on to, um, and by the way, it was renewed. We are getting a second season. I Zombie. Yeah. Oh my God, the show! And now I realize why it had to happen. I knew it because I was just starting to really like him. Oh, poor Lowell. <laughs> oh, Lowell. Lol, um, great episode. Uh, we have um, we've found out that Rami is uh, not going to be a zombie. <laughs> yes. That was I. I'm kind of disappointed. I kind of wanted that to happen. I want him to turn into a were rat. Uh, that would a were a rat zombie. Like having. I thought he was going to end up like having a, a, a hunger for rat brains. No, That's I think see, I thought it was going to happen because of the cross species. Instead of being any zombie, he'll become a were rat. Oh. oh, I should be writing for that show. You should be. But uh, <laughs> as we know, Lowell bit the big one, and I'm not talking about a brain. Um, Blaine blew oh. him away, which is this testament to how awesomely evil Blaine yes, is. Blaine is awesome. And Blaine is awesome and un- I, unashamedly evil. I always get so pissed off when something like this happens where she doesn't take the shot. I, I'm like, come on, just do it. Yeah, and now what did you do? I hope I hope you're racked with effing guilt, Liv. I hope it racks you to death. I mean, I, I love where the story went because of it. Yeah. But any in anything, I'm just like, come on. And and she's talking about taking a life. He's a zombie. Yeah, you're not really taking a life there, hun. You're saving how many people? He's a zombie. You know he's murdering people. Just shoot him. But um just so you guys know why um, Lowell had to die, he is the Antichrist. Did you know this, Eric? Wait, is he in Lucifer? He's Damien in the Omen series that's coming to, oh, I, believe okay. it's, I believe it's A&E. And um, oh. uh, yeah, it's uh, and it's actually done by um, the guy that did 
Breaking Bad. I think it's Vince Gilligan. Let me take a look Vince here. Vince Gilligan? Yeah, um, or one of the guys that helped do Breaking Bad. Uh, and it's going to be this summer, or I'm sorry, this fall. And it's actually completely off. It's next year. And it's going to be kind of following that whole thing with um, A&E did with uh, Bates Motel, where they're going to okay. tweak the story. And I'm sorry, Glenn Mazzara. Yeah, I was right. Um, and Walking Dead. The, the guys that did The Walking Dead. And so he is Damien. So he had to die. Okay. Which I'm okay with that. And um, the other cool thing kind of kind of um, tying into this as well is um, that uh, from Once Upon a Time, oh, it's not Lena Headey. What's her name? Ah, uh, I'm blanking again. I'm a horrible person. Um, <laughs> but... Um, the the mother Barbara Hershey there it popped in my head I was like candy bar candy bar Barbara Hershey <laughs> um, Barbara Hershey is actually in this as well and she played um, Regina's mother in right. Once Upon a Time so you know she's going to be wonderfully evil mm-hmm. uh, and I'm really excited about this because they did they've done pretty well with Bates Motel it's you know and uh, yeah so that's happening um, cool. but. I'm going to turn this over to Eric right now for his flash recap for Rogue Air. Well, a fantastic episode of The Flash and just packed to the gills with guest stars, including one of your favorite people of all time, Doug Jones. I know he's back. <laughs> he was in it. He's so but, I mean, you had uh, Captain Cold, Golden Glider, Peekaboo, uh, The Mist, Rainbow... Raider, Jesus. Uh, uh, death, death, death beam, death something. I don't know. Doug Jones character. <laughs> I can't remember the na- his name. He shoots beams out of his eyes. Death, Doug Jones did. Not, not dead shot. No, not dead shot. It's death something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then you had uh, uh, Arrow and Firestorm. All these characters showing up. It was just insane. And, of course, uh, Captain Cold, Wentworth Miller, was deliciously evil, <laughs> as always. Um, and next week is the finale, so it's, it's all been building Yeah, like and, crazy. And, and they're building up for their new series that they're going to be doing, which is basically a group spinoff, right? Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's going to be awesome. So we are excited about that. And um, just kind of as an aside for that, if you've not checked it out, it's on fangirlmag.com. The eight-minute trailer for Supergirl mm-hmm. is out and we have it posted and it looks great. It you know at the beginning I'm watching the beginning of the trailer and I'm thinking oh it's Devil's where Devil Wears Prada? Yeah. What are we looking at here? But then it once they get into it it's still very lighthearted but it's very flat. I kind of like I kind of like uh, some of the stuff that was in that trailer. Yeah, and I like Jimmy Olsen, too. And mm-hmm. and I like the twist that they've done with the character for him, that he's come there to help her out. Right. And, and um, also Buffy alum. Yay. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I'm I'm like, I was just surprised by how much I liked that it looked like the it had that lightness to it, like Superboy ad and, right. and all of those classic, like Lois and Clark. It didn't have like that DC film universe <laughs> taint to it, where it's all gray and yeah. Dark. It looks like it, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's not going to shy away from the superpowers, obviously. Right. 
And I like the little costume montage, of course. She looks great, and, too. It's not like a, you know, typically they're making those outfits kind of skimpy. And mm-hmm. I, I, that annoys me. This one is it, it's cute, and it looks just like her outfit. Right. And I like the thing with the cape. Well, we need a new cape. <laughs> I, I know. It's like <laughs> this one got shredded. But, um, yeah, I was really happy with it. I thought it was awesome. And uh, just a real quick um, uh, to end up our TV update, Penny Dreadful, Episode 2, holy crap. If you're not watching Penny Dreadful right now, um, you really need to. Um, besides the fact that we have witches and they're hardcore witches that kind of are smacking of Elizabeth Bathory. Um, in this episode, we really were introduced to the Bride of Frankenstein more. And we saw, <laughs> this is horrible scene. Um, um, we saw her rip out the heart of a baby. Um, the, nice. the lead witch makes these horrifying, he's got this room full of these horrifying dolls and they are what you're implied is all of these dolls contain the heart of a, of a child. And that's how she gets her power over these people that they're representing. So she sacrifices the life of an innocent for the power of these over these. Oh my God. It's some dark stuff. Well, um, I want to be perfectly clear here in fiction. I love killing children. <laughs> in fiction I just I, I love it when a storyteller is willing to go there because that's like animals and kids are the the things people don't like to see being hurt and I like to see when a storyteller is willing to go there and do that in fiction yes yes no it's it's fine and and yeah this was just a painful it was it was really well done and it was a nod to I think to Dracula because of mm-hmm. in the original novel they he feeds a child a baby to his brides. Um, so really, like feel <laughs> no, no, Eric, no, <laughs> bad, bad, Eric. Um, so let's go over our weekend geek really quickly. Uh, Jim and the not holograms <laughs> has hit online like a dead puppy. Um, let's stick with his, his like thought process of dead animals and children. <laughs> yes. Um, this is a really good, uh, you know, yeah, this is a good, uh, comparison. No one likes this trailer. No one likes what they have done. No one. They're- I heard your heart break all the way over here in Ohio. Oh, I knew it was going to suck, but, um, the, the amount of suck has mm-hmm. just really bl- been blown open wide with this trailer and um the fact that they changed the only way to i guess their way of empowering women mm-hmm. is they changed the bad guy to a bad girl eric raymond is now erica raymond and is juliette lewis that's Alrighty. I I just I it makes my head hurt. If you really want to read my thoughts on it, go to fangirlmag.com. I dare you to watch the trailer and not cringe at least three times. <laughs> and then think, oh my god, it's the ultimate warrior with pink. Because for some reason, the crazy eye makeup that was pretty extreme already has they've just made half her face look like the pink braveheart. I don't know. It just just horrible horrible well everyone everyone should just skip that and go back and watch josie and the pussycats yeah 
really, truly, that movie is actually fun. I love that movie. I love that movie. Seth Green in that movie is awesome. <laughs> that is uh, Parker Posey. Everybody's good and in it. Alan Cumming. They're all fantastic. It's a, a hilarious movie. Um, cr- uh, if you want to watch a really good trailer, really, really good trailer, mm-hmm. they have just released, I think today, um, actually yesterday as of this airing, the two new full Crimson Peak trailers. There's an international one that has extra stuff on it, and then there is the um, U.S., I guess, based one. And, oh, my God. It looks amazing. There's so much good in this. I I can't even watch it without grinning like a freak. Like lots of Hiddleston goodness. It's not just Hiddleston. <laughs> it wouldn't even have to be Hiddleston. That's just like icing upon icing upon icing. It's just beautiful and gothic and and gorgeous and lush and um so just beautifully done. The the color it looks just like a painting come to life. So pretty. And um, this, I'm, I'm just in my mind. I'm trying to figure out. Okay, how's this going to go? What's the story? What's the story? But he's keeping it vague enough that you really, you can't guess. You don't Good. really know. And that's great. That's that's awesome. Um, so we'll have those up for you on the site as well. Um, really quickly before we bring in on our special guests, um, they revealed who the female Thor is in the comics. They revealed it early, even before that the issue hit. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they did that, um, but it. Sadly, I guessed who this was, and I'm sad I'm that I guessed. Trying it. to remember if you told us who you thought it was. It's it's Jane Foster. Who else would it be? Yeah. You know. And and I mean, I was like, a lot of people thought it was Angela, and I thought that they might do that, and then I realized they were doing an Angela comic. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well. It's not Angela if she's got her own damn comic book. <laughs> so, yeah. And then we realized, yeah, I'm like, well, it's probably Jane Foster. And I didn't realize that Jane Foster in the comics was fighting cancer. So they showed this picture of her and she's like bald and emaciated looking. And, and but when she holds the hammer, she's powerful and, right. and everything. So it, I don't know why they revealed it before the comic came out, though. Uh, so Did they reveal it or was it leaked? Uh, they apparently Marvel released it, I guess. So it was their choice. Um, so uh, with that, we were going to do a quick recap of the winners and losers of the TV season, but I don't think we have time. Um, I'll tell you a couple that I'm very happy about. Um, Galavant's coming back. Yay. Which I'm very, very thrilled with. Love that show. Agent Carter is coming back. Mm-hmm. And in reality, we didn't. The, the only thing we truly lost, there were two that we truly lost that I was sad about, and that was Constantine, which oh, may be coming back. Sad. It may be coming back um, mm-hmm. on another, um, like Netflix or Hulu. Um, but the other one I was very sad was Forever. I actually enjoyed that show, and um, it, and Ian Gufford did a great, very touching little sweet letter to the fans about that, um, about it being canceled, and that was very sweet. Um, the one thing that surprised me, though, I can't believe is still going. Mm-hmm. Supernatural. 
I, isn't every year the final year? And then... uh, 11 seasons. It's the longest running horror series ever that I can think of. I mean, it's beat, it beat um, Dark Shadows. Mm-hmm. It's beaten, uh, you know, Twilight Zone. X-Files? X-Files. It already beat X-Files by like mm-hmm. a two, like last season. So, yeah, it is officially, I think, is the longest running horror series ever. Um, so, yeah, Supernatural, you go, guys. Keep it. <laughs> I'm amazed. I am truly amazed. So, um, with that, I want to welcome my very special guest tonight um, from the world of independent horror, which we support quite permanently here. Um is Mr. Ryan Stacy, who you've ha- we've had on the show before as a calling guest? Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, I was actually high. And I was <laughs> thinking about that, Jessica. You bringing that up? Um, it's been almost two years since I've actually called into your show. I know, and we actually were just talking about Once Upon a Time. Oh, oh. Don't even don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> I did a little rant for you. I did a little rant for you. But um, uh, Ryan is bringing with him as well his act, his lead actress, I believe, from his new feature that he is uh, getting ready to film, which is called Ladies' Night, and um, which mm-hmm. is based off of a short that you did, um, and mm-hmm. it's going to be an expanded version. Miss Amanda Collins, welcome to Fangirl Radio. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> we are very excited to have you guys. And um, But yes, we did. Uh, Ryan was on um, a couple of years ago, as he said, when we had our special about um, fairy tales. And, yes. And um, yeah, we just, I did a mini rant about Once Upon a Time. Don't even get me started on Once Upon a Time again. <laughs> we'll be here I believe night. I was also, I, sorry to interrupt you, Jessica, but I believe I also came on and called in on an episode that dealt with women in horror. Yes, you did. And you did one on musicals, too. Horror musicals. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So uh, Ryan is definitely a, a fangirl at heart. And, and we, You said it, sister. I, I know. <laughs> and uh, we are very happy to have you guys on the show. Um, now, I want to I wanna talk to you about the one thing that I, I love about you is that you are um, a hardcore independent horror director. You, you, you live it. And um, uh-huh. this has, um, you've done a couple of features now, uh, Midsummer mm-hmm. Nightmares 1 and 2. And mm-hmm. so what led to uh, the idea behind Ladies Night? Well, to be honest, I came out of post-production on Midsummer 1 and we premiered it. And I was looking for something else to write other than the obvious sequel. And so I just came up with this whole reversal of that whole, um, you know, that urban legend where guy breaks down on the side of the road and ends up at the farmer's daughter's house or the <laughs> farmer's house and ends up with the daughter or whatever. I saw that there was an indie film like that later on. But what I wanted to do was take that and instead of making it a farmer, it was just these three twisted girls who lured men to houses that they kind of squat in and take care of these guys in their own sadistic styles. And I just, I started writing that. And then this was back when I was with concept media and my partner at the time, Sean Burkett came to me and said, Hey, we should do a web series. And so I kind of just modified what I had written down into these four episodes uh, called depraved. And then the web series never happened. And I just needed to make a short film and I just, remember these scripts that kind of never left me. And at this point in time, 
real quick. I was, you know, I still am very good friends with Miss Amanda here. And I kind of called her and was like, look, I'm getting ready to do this short. Um, there's this character in it. Her name's Frankie. She's badass. How do you feel about it? And what'd you say, Lou? I said, oh my God, yes. I I was in 100%. I love it. <laughs> Because Frankie did weird shit. Like, she liked to paint with people's blood. She painted portraits of their death. Oh. Exactly. Why is that weird? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why is that weird, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> you have the blood. Totally you want to... <laughs> Come on. Well, well I, I, I mean, I just wanted to make it strange. And ironically enough, I guess it, it is ironic. Um, Amanda's a painter. <laughs> and it just <laughs> so it just happened to be that she was perfect and I just went on from there and somebody told me hey make it into a feature and that's where we are now that's literally the story so um what what is the process for you um as as a filmmaker when you take a short subject and expand it how is how how does that work for you as a a, a creator and writer well, to be honest, it has been a challenge because it was re- it's really easy to write a script for a short film mm-hmm. if you only have a cast of, let's say, five to six people. It's not hard to really flesh your characters out for that. But this script just called for such so much more from the girls, Frankie, Camille, and Elaine. And these girls honestly live inside my head, and each one of these girls is a little fragment of me. <laughs> <laughs> you afraid? Uh, Amanda, does that freak you out a little bit? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Because I know Ryan so well. Like I can see every like little piece of him and Camille and Elaine and Frankie. And I think it's amazing because you can you can see Ryan and ev- like everything they say. You're like, that's so that's it's it's Ryan. It's funny. I love it. <laughs> So, um, uh, Amanda, you, as he said, you're you're an artist. Are you actually going to create? Because I know you haven't started filming this yet, correct, Ryan? No, we have not. Are you actually? We'll be filming in the fall. Awesome. Are you going okay. to be creating a? Um, are you going to be doing the portraits yourself? No, I won't. Um, my style of painting, I I do silhouettes. Ooh. Everything I do is painted in silhouettes, and ladies night they're just more in depth and they need more detail and I I just it's not detail is not my strong suit. I prefer my silhouette. So I can tell the silhouette. We should we should just have a contest for, to see who paints the best picture to be used as Frankie's portrait and Ladies Night. Oh that'd be great. Yes. Totally do that. That'd be awesome. Uh, just came up with that idea right there. <laughs> there you go. That's what we inspire. That's what we inspire. So, so Ryan, the, the one thing I like about your work, and this well, this was mm-hmm. in Midsummer Nightmares as well. You're very and and it's kind of this episode has kind of turned into a big feminist free for all, um, and it's funny because Sarah's not on because uh, she's typically the the flag holder for that, but you you see women and, and show them with a lot of strength and character and, and you, you can know that they can become crazy evil bitches when they want to. Uh-huh. And that's very, that's rare anymore. It seems like that's not the way people are going. And like with this whole brouhaha um, on, <laughs> on 
I love that. I had to use that word. Brouhaha. With, um, Mad Max Fury Road, where people are saying Charlize Theron cannot be a badass. This care a woman cannot be more badass than Mad Max. What are you think? kidding me? That is insulting. Yeah, that is the truth, yep. though. There is a thing going mm-hmm. on. And Amanda, this to you as well, as an actress, yes. how does that piss you off to hear that? Lou, I'll oh, let you go really? first. Sorry, I call her Mandy Lou, Lou for short. So go ahead. <laughs> oh, no. Um, it really pisses me off. Like, And that's what I love, again, about the style and direction Ryan writes. This, it empowers women and I think that's amazing because we are all equal. A woman can be just as badass as a man, if not more at times because we well, let's face it, women are pretty. <laughs> and men are going to be Sorry. You just lure them in with your looks and there you go, bam, done. I think I, I, it irritates me. I I couldn't agree with you more, Amanda. And to answer, I mean, really, I am surrounded daily by so many strong women, and that's how I choose to portray my female characters. I write them that way, and I think that I'm so, I don't want to say I'm so good at it because that just sounds really like kind of, you know, vain, but I really (laughs) enjoy it because, and I, I really firmly believe it is the fact that I'm gay, and I think like, a male and I feel like I can think like a female. And so it's easy for me to get into both sexes heads. I feel. Well, and, and when we first met the one, the line I said, and we, we, we clink glasses over this was gay boys and fat girls forever. And, <laughs> and, 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 and I, I remember that. I will remember that no matter how drunk I was. I will always remember that moment because you were grinning. You're like, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and the truth is, I think it's, there's a connection there because in film, you, there, those two things, women and especially heavy set women and, and gay men have always been portrayed as weak. And when you mm-hmm. see, and when you see this kind of uh, representation where they're strong, like I cannot wait for Happen Leonard because that oh, yeah. that Joe R. Lansdale series, the biggest badass in the books is a black gay man. He just kicks oh, ass, wow. and he's amazing, and um, he's unabashedly gay. I mean, he's like, mm-hmm. and, and he's like, basically taunts people like, "Come on, say something." Say something. Well, you know, I'm not familiar with the series you just mentioned, but that is very akin to a character I always appreciated, and that was Lafayette on True Blood. Exactly. They portrayed him the same way. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you didn't mess with him because he didn't take mm-hmm. it. He didn't take it. And, mm-hmm. and that's why I love when, they rep, when, when they're represented, like when gays are represented in a strong, positive light, because everyone I've ever met, for the most part, has been a great, strong individual. And supportive of Well, you know, and that takes for every person, I would say that is a personal journey of finding that strength and carrying it and wearing it proudly. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. is something I also put into these characters. What's beautiful, you know, just about Ladies Night and these female characters being Mm -hmm. so powerful is they're not villains. 
you know, yes, they, these beautiful women are running around creating murder and mayhem at these parties and such, but these girls are also, I would more say that they're like anti-villains. They're like Catwoman. Yeah. You, you are there with them. You love them. And by the end of the movie, I want people cheering these girls on. In, in this whole re- like reverse exploitation thing, because the men and I actually um, cast two guys today who told me this remark after looking at some of the stuff from scripts. They said that they loved the gender role reversal, where the females are strong and the men are your atypical like horror movie characters that are just there to be sexy and killed off. That's what I was because I I um we. We, I looked at your press release for that and your, your casting call that you did. And I was reading that. I'm like, oh, my God. They're eye candy. Mm-hmm. Oh, the guys are the eye candy. This is yes. the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is going to be a chick flick. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. That is and so. I, I do have, um, if I can say something real quick. In okay. regards oh, you're cool, man. To, um, um, in regards to the empowerment of women that Ryan really uh, writes very well, when I be like finding the character for Frankie within myself and portraying Frankie, who's this strong individual, I took some of that into my own life, and she actually empowered me as a person, and it really helped me in like my confidence because I was kind of shy. And I think playing this role, like, Ryan really helped bring out that confidence in, in me as an actress and as Amanda Collins it's in my everyday life. So I really hope when people watch That's this. sweet. <laughs> I really hope when women watch this, especially, they can, they can take that away from it. Like, yeah, we're women. We still kick ass. Like, I hope they do take that away from the film. That's awesome. Well, and so go ahead, Ryan. (laughs) Sorry, I was just going to say, (laughs) and Jessica, you can more than agree with this. Um, Now is the time for empowered women. I feel kind of hypocritical making a movie called Ladies Night and most of the crew is men. But now is the time for these stories. And now is the time for these characters. And now is the time for women to be making movies. And that story alone can be completely encased in those hard-ass working girls, the Selfka sisters. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and that was the thing. It, uh, it, I was amazed. I was I was so surprised and amazed by the constant line at Horrorham Weekend when they were there. I I was like, wow, mm-hmm. this is soup. This is great to see how you know they have been embraced by horror fans for their work, and and yeah. how mm-hmm. and how and how loving they were to their fans. That was phenomenal mm-hmm. to see. I, because I, I had not really spent a lot of time with them, and I was like, "Wow, these guys—they're great," they're, and they mm-hmm. love their fans. And I mean, like, spent time with each and every one of them, and that was phenomenal. And they keep making their flicks are just over and uh, you know over and over again. They're hits, so it's awesome. Yeah. These girls, these girls, from males and females to like alike, are definitely people that you should look up to as far as what can be paid off with hard work and dedication. And those Mm -hmm. girls tell people that all the time. And it's like, usually filmmakers don't like to share their secrets and encourage people, but not those girls. They're all about 
being supportive and supporting their other filmmaker brethren. And I think that's amazing. That's great. Mm-hmm. So Eric, did you have a, I, I'm, I'm kind of like taking over the conversation. Eric, <laughs> do you have a question? You're over there like just listening to us and laughing. <laughs> well, now that us Ohioans can just get together and chat here for a minute. Um, uh-huh. Actually, I'm just wondering if either one of you uh, sees any advantages or disadvantages to being part of the independent horror scene in Ohio. I see a lot of advantages. Um, just how tight knit and close the whole horror independent horror um, community is around here is it's amazing. Everybody's very supportive, um, very nice, and they're—I don't know—it's just a great community to be a part of, and they really embrace you here. And there's so many opportunities. I think people are surprised too by how how much of a horror community there is in the Midwest. To still mm-hmm. to this day, I don't think people realize just how big a deal horror and independent horror in particular, and the filmmaking that goes on there because there's mm-hmm. a lot. And everybody there is. It's huge here in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I had no idea. I had no idea getting into this when I started four years ago. Just how many people there were then making indie horror here, and mm-hmm. then in the four-year growth, watching all of the other people. And I think there are great advantages to these new, the new filmmakers and the ones that have been at this a long time. We all kind of network. Like there are other filmmakers around here whose projects I've heard of and seen, and I hear of these actors who are now working on my project. So it's all, I mean, we all kind of benefit from each other. The symbiont circle. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And so um, I, I, I'm, I think we're going to have to wrap up because I think we're almost out of time, but I, I just wanted to give you a moment to, um, to like pimp this new project and let everyone know how to get a hold of you if they want to help contribute or be a part of it. Cause I know you're still looking for mm-hmm. some uh, leads in this. Well, if anyone needs any casting information or just details about the project, about how to be involved, you can email um, the production at uh, ladiesnightmovie at gmail.com, or you can reach me on Facebook or any of the cast and crew. Um, I did want to say something real quick before we wrap this up tonight. I did cast two amazing actors, and so I told them I'd break the news on your show, Jessica. There you go. And... and, Joining my production today was David Parker and Josh Miller. Um, They're both very talented Ohio actors, and uh, they got a lot of projects coming up soon, so check them out on imdb.com. Mandy? Nice. I'm sorry? Do you have anything, Mandy? (laughs) Oh. (laughs) No, I'm just, I think everybody, this this project is going to be amazing. It's going to be a must-see. It's so much fun. You've got all your elements of a good independent horror movie. I mean, you've got your your eye candy on both sides. You've got beautiful women, beautiful men, a great script. Mm-hmm. And it's going to have everybody on the edge of their seats. And I'm very excited for this. This is awesome. And when can they right. expect it to hit, Ryan? Is there a, Do you have a guesstimate on, on time frame when it will be completed? Yes, I'm hoping to have it out early 2016. My personal goal is to have this film out before I turn 30 next July. 
You're such a baby. Oh my god, I'm so old. I know. He's <laughs> so old. I tell him that all the time. I'm like, honey, I hit forty years ago. <laughs> oh. oh god, I turned forty next month. That you're like stabbing me in the back what? with your young age. <laughs> See, I had no idea you were almost forty. You yeah, carry it well, and you don't right. act it. So. <laughs> <laughs> thanks thanks <laughs> so will you be having us on for your special age episode <laughs> when you do it <laughs> my special age yeah. episode sure <laughs> we'll have the we'll have this is your life Jessica Dwyer where everyone shows up <laughs> because I'm about to die and <laughs> you might have you all on oh, God. it sounds like that movie from the 90s it's my party did you ever <laughs> see that Jessica yeah <laughs> Where the gay guy's oh, dying and he has all his friends over. Isn't that is that Stephen? Um, oh God, no, that's Stephen's friends. Oh, that's another one that's like that. Oh Jesus, God. Uh, on that cheer, on that cheerful note, <laughs> leave it to Ryan, man. Womp womp. Uh, well, guys, thank you so much for being on, Amanda and Ryan. Thank you. This was a fun. Um, we will definitely have you back on to talk about this when it's closer to release, for sure. And well, possibly, I would love to come back. And possibly on my death episode, yeah. which is <laughs> June. Jessica Dwyer, the funeral. <laughs> like it's a... <laughs> I want you to direct my funeral. Funeral ride. <laughs> start writing a eulogy. Yeah, start writing a eulogy. Now. Well, girl, you know what? It won't have, you know, Whitney Houston's funeral won't have nothing on you. Oh, God. With that, thank you guys. Thank you, Eric. I hope you enjoyed this episode. This <laughs> just, just, just destroyed itself into like my funeral. Um, but, but, but check out Ryan Stacy on Facebook and Amanda Collins is on Facebook, Mandy Lou as well. Um, you can yes. find her on Twitter. I did. I stalked her a little bit on Twitter. She's very pretty. Um, and <laughs> and uh, Ladies Night will be hitting um, hopefully next year. And mm-hmm. um, also there is a casting call right now still. I believe he is still looking for male leads. And you can find that information. I will also post it on fangirlmag.com. But it is also on the Horrorhound webpage as well. Awesome. Thank you, Jessica. You rock. Thank Thank you. you Thank you guys so much. (laughs) And we will see you next week on Fangirl Radio.